It is Friday, broadcasting a little early because Spags and I are chomping at the bit to hop in a super flex draft on underdog fantasy. It's super flex season, guys. And of course, you all have a lot of questions out there. Do you have to draft the QBs early? We are going to answer that coming up here. We are in a live draft on underdog fantasy. Of course, join along with us if you are watching live. And if you're not watching live, use the promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to $100 on there. Of course, play along with us. Draft season begins bright and early on underdog. Pete and I have been there as early as anybody in the industry, uh, both literally in terms of time of the morning and also time of the year. And we are going to continue digging our heels in. And Pete, I feel like it's been a quiet week football-wise. Uh, no news at all in the football media industry as well, I think, that I've seen. Uh, but overall, it feels like not a lot of transactions, not a lot going on out there. So anything on your radar that feels important? No, I, I will back that up. You know, I write the newsletter a couple times a week and a lot of times there's just like no question what I'm writing about. You know, like there's a very big news story and this week I'm like, all right, I'll write about Rashad White becoming uh, potentially a three down back on a Todd Bowles quote. I'll write about Austin Eckler uh, being upset again. It was like, you know, rehashes of some old stories. So I do agree with you. This does feel like the calm before the storm. We have some like NFL draft stuff heating up, more mock drafts, some more information leaking as far as maybe what some of these teams are intending to do. But yeah, it does feel like a, a pretty dead zone time right now. And to all the Splash Play fans who recently enjoyed Pete and I going head-to-head, -head. of course, Pete has won two of these battles according to the audience vote. <laughs> I have won one of them. This is, in fact, going to be a verse draft today. We are going head-to-head. -head. It's on the screen. It's official now, Pete. So, Spags, I, I have now done, I believe, let's see, two, three, four. This is my fifth streamed Superflex draft, and I have not picked earlier than 1-6 in these. I have the one twelve again. I will continue to battle people about refusing to take shitty quarterbacks at the back end of round one, so can't wait to just run it back again. It's funny, though, that you're saying that because, like, Twitter released their algorithm publicly and showed, like, oh, you get a boost for likes and, and whatever, and retweets and replies in that order. And I feel like Underdog, if they released their algorithm, they'd be like, yeah, in Superflex, we decrease the influence for 101s. Pete no longer can get that. <laughs> They're just no longer yeah. allowed to go his way. Exactly. Yeah. And there are lots of people clamoring for third round reversal because the advantage of those top three picks, I think, is so, so massive relative to in the standard formats. And in previous years, people did make some of those arguments when CMC really was like a 30 point uh, a back game. You could argue, hey, that's just too much of an advantage for the 101. Uh, but you know what? We don't make excuses. We play the game. Um, we're going to have a portfolio here. We'll we'll mix in some early draft slots, and we're just going to continue making optimal picks. Although right out of the gate, old school breaks, uh, breaking from the norm here with a CMC over Patrick Mahomes at 1-3. Yeah, that seems particularly um, like an overvalue potentially. I was saying with our draft spots, or thinking with our draft spots, um, that basically like we're going to have the choice of do you want to take a QB here or do you want to try to build like Pete did last week where he issued the early QBs. I was in the one hole, felt like I had to take Jalen Hurts. But if you are drafting 9 to 12, I think you get a little more fungibility with trying to draft a traditional team. And I feel like here, Pete, I might be more inclined to not take a QB, at least on this turn, and see what we can get on the way back. Yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know, everyone's then back on it. Okay, Casey goes Justin Jefferson, so maybe this won't be just as crazy. It does feel like a little bit of a tear break potentially with Joe Burrow coming up here. Unless you are a Lamar believer, Joe Burrow goes. So I'm actually going to do what Pete did last week. We'll see how it works out for me. I'm taking Jamar Chase here in the one hole. Uh, easily the number two wide receiver on the board. And I think in this spot, uh, with no Joe Burrow, I'm also hurting Auto Bus, who uh, took Joe Burrow. And now he's going to have to deal with T. Higgins at best. <laughs> um. Okay, we do have uh, Lamar Jackson go here. If if Zoo doesn't take Lawrence, I will take Lawrence here. 
Um, otherwise, I guess I could, if I just want to try to do something vaguely different than what I'm doing, but it's like, I could, maybe I double tap like Tyreek Tua. How many people do you think have done that? Oh, he takes Tyreek Hill. All right, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. Um, that feels like a little bit of a fall for him. His ADP at 8.2, I get him at 112. Um, and then I will go ahead and let's see, Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor? Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor? Let's go Cooper ahead and Cup. grab Cooper Cup. Yeah. Cooper Cup. I mean, I like Jonathan Taylor too, but I think if we are, uh, you know, still in a draft where wide receivers are going a little bit cheaper than they should, Cooper Cup going in the second round, you're certainly not going to see that in a normal draft, but in Superflex because of the QB priority. Uh, I think that's a nice pickup to get Cooper Cup there. How are you? What do you, how are you thinking about Lamar Jackson in drafts right now? Are you baking in some like legit holdout risk, him not playing risk, or is it just kind of business as usual for you? I think it's business as usual for me because I think no matter where he goes, if he ends up back in Baltimore, he's getting an offensive coordinator upgrade. If he ends up somewhere else, maybe it's not going to be better than Todd Munkin would be, uh, you know, running things for Baltimore, but still I think it'll be better than what Greg Roman's done the last few years and new contracts and motivation. So I still think Lamar is worth going where he is, but I think he's still a tier break. Like I think it's Burrow tier break, then Lawrence, uh, you know, Lawrence and Jackson together. Um, we are yeah. on the clock though. Okay. So we're running low on QBs fast. I have Dak here. I have Kelsey. I have Tua. I have Daniel Jones. I'm going to get weird and take Travis Kelsey. I like it. I'm, I'm so torn. So like just pure, like pure value. I think he's a great pick there of like what points you're going to get. I just, I do like structurally. And I had this issue in the original big board, just with how viable so many late round tight ends are that I just preferred you know, uh, a three tight end build and going somewhere else and knowing that you're going to get squeezed out of the other elite wide receivers and running backs when you make that choice. Um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I struggle with Kelsey in the super flex, just structurally kind of the path that sends you down, but I certainly get it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I'm, I'm going by the seat of my pants on this one. You know, normally I would like to get a QB in the first two rounds if I can. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, just nobody there stands out to me. Like Daniel Jones, I think you could have made the case for. Dak, I just don't love. Talked a lot about this offseason, the regressions I expect from this Dallas offense with having a new offensive coordinator. Uh, some of the stuff Mike McCarthy said out loud. But, you know, just I think in a real draft, you're never getting Jamar Chase and Travis Kelsey. And I shouldn't call it a real draft, but like a traditional draft, you're never getting those two guys. So I feel like just having that unique texture from the jump is just appealing to me, but might not be the right move just given the premium here, obviously, on QBs. Uh, real quick, Cody says, what does Lamar gain by holding out? Um, what he gains is not getting injured. It was the same reason he wasn't rushing to get back to play in the playoffs uh, this year, even though there were some kind of murmurs that he might have been able to play if he really wanted to. He doesn't. If he gets injured and he doesn't have that future contract locked up, um, then he's really, really royally fucked. So that's what he gains is uh, avoiding injury risk. I don't think holdouts will happen quite as much though. Like there's not going to be a Le'Veon Bell style one just because of the cost that comes out from their contracts of these guys. Like if they are holding on every day, I think the fine starts to escalate. I don't remember the exact amount, but it's like now an onerous amount. Oh, this changes the equation. Anthony Richardson goes to old school breaks in the third wow. round. Which... Dude, old school breaks is, I mean, look at this start. CMC, Bijan, Anthony Richardson. Now we're cooking here, baby. Jesus, that is that is a big reach for Anthony Richardson relative to the Superflex ADPs. I 
Would you take Richardson over Kirk Cousins relative to like what the season could be in a super flex format where Richardson could run for 100 yards and throw for 50 and he'll still make a lineup probably over Cousins some weeks? You just mean like completely in a vacuum if I had to choose and I'm not playing the ADP game where you yes. can always generally get Richardson. Um, I don't think I would. I think I used to be more down on Kirk, but I do think adding TJ Hawkinson um, and kind of seeing KJ Osborne take a little bit of a leap last year as a downfield threat, I feel more confident with Kirk Cousins having some some more upside than we previously thought. All right. We're on the board again. Does feel like it's getting close to QB time, if not exactly QB time. I am going to take a player um, that I think has made some mistakes in his career. I think. Wow, he's going to do it. Fortunately, could lose his job this year, Pete. Could be Drew Locke's time. They did bring him back, but Geno Smith goes to me in the third round. Did you uh, did you see uh, Ian Harditz's tweet, a uh, screenshot of a conversation with his fiance, and they were talking about, she said, like, uh, this date is coming up, and he said, Drew Locke it in was uh his response to her so i i thought of you the two uh oh, the two drew lock bros i actually did see on his girlfriend's instagram this weekend it's now wife pete they got married this weekend i'll tell you who was the life of the party drew lock you know who wouldn't even be allowed to drink at that party gino smith <laughs> oh, you you love to see it um, I guess maybe he'd be allowed to drink because he's probably not driving on that night <laughs> so i was gonna entertain uh Derek carr chris olave stack Derek carr does go i am still gonna take chris olave and um, I'm going to get a running back here, uh, Brees or Kenneth Walker. I just prefer Brees. I agree. I think Kenneth Walker is a little bit overrated for what the advanced analytics were. Like, if you look at the numbers, he was pretty much just a volume back last year, which I, yeah. you know, great missed tackle rate. I still think he, he could be better, but no pass game work or not a lot of pass game work. And he wasn't great at it when he was out there. Um, I think Brees, you can make the case that he should go ahead of Walker and traditional drafts as well, but that's also not happening there. Yeah, and I just like, you know, we were even talking about it on Ship Chasing on Wednesday, you, you looking at like the targets per route run and like what well, Kenneth Walkers are really bad. Like he's just not used in the passing game. You also never know what Seattle is going to do in the draft. Like if they ended up drafting a, a pass catching specialist or whatever, um, is Homer still on the roster there or did Homer... Homer uh, is on Chicago now. Chicago on Chicago now. So may maybe there is a little bit more meat on the bone for Walker as a pass catcher. We just haven't seen it yet. All right, so we got some interesting spots here where I guess I'm going to reach for Metcalf, but Devonta still being there is pretty nice. Um, man, that's no a tough one. I think I'm going with the stack there if I'm you. Yeah, I just want to. Or have you could go with Walker in team stack. Yeah, I mean, we can't just talk shit about Walker. I'm going to take Walker <laughs> in everybody's face, but I would rather have Metcalf with Gino, I think, just because if Gino's going to be good one more year, Metcalf should continue to be. Uh, dominant guy though Metcalf another guy too I will point out and I have not updated the Spags, rank, uh, Spags rankings this week because uh, some stuff going on with FO if you see it on social media and we can talk about it later if anybody really cares but um with Metcalf he actually wasn't that good analytically last year which kind of surprised me uh, not a positive DVOA guy not a positive EPA guy which you would think it would be impossible for him not to be just because of how large he is and the downfield targets he gets but actually wasn't a plus catcher last year yeah um I'm actually surprised how far Devonta Smith is falling. If if the Jalen Hurts drafter gets Devonta Smith here that in the fourth round, that'll be pretty criminal. Yeah, yeah, he'll probably could theoretically end up with Devonta and uh, Dallas Goddard. Which uh, honestly, I don't even think that happens that frequently in regular drafts because of where Hurts and, and Devonta Smith line up. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, oh, yeah. it was it was tough. Yeah, I'm glad the uh, the drafter here didn't let uh, Devonta slide. 
Oh, actually, this that is- was our guy, Ben, by the way. We should actually have, if anybody could deserve getting Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith today, it'd be Ben. Ben, actually, Pete, on the West Coast right now. So he's drafting at 7, 12 a.m., couldn't sleep well, so he decided to hang out with the boys. So Ben deserves a shout-out, and he deserves some discount Eagles. There you go. Uh, sorry, uh, you can you can overdraft Dallas Goddard. Better lock up that stack. He's not coming back. <laughs> no, he gets Russell Wilson instead. What a that's that's like at the carnival games where you're trying to get the big prize and you end up with some like slinky or something. You get Russell Wilson on the way out. <laughs> I will say because, and I'm trying to see if there were any other kind of really rogue picks, but this old school breaks uh, guy kind of going out of line with both CMC and Richardson has allowed a couple teams to get some really fun combos that I don't think are otherwise available ADP wise. The, the, the teams look a little bit stronger than I feel like they normally do. Yeah. I think HJ Wigglesworth is getting a really nice team as a result. Cause Waddle fell to him because of the two picks of ADP given some breath there. Um, so he gets Waddle, he gets Tua, he gets Josh Allen and he gets Mark Andrews. Um, I don't love ATN, but I think that first four rounds of his, like, if you're going to lose the capital to two elite QBs in the first two rounds, like he got some nice talent around it in the first four. Yeah. Yeah, interesting draft. This is not the usual Superflex draft. Somebody was uh, commenting on our other YouTube video. Of course, we did a Superflex draft last week. If you want to check that one out as well, binge them, watch them both in a row. Um, there was some guy talking about how there was 24 QBs taken in the first three rounds of one of his drafts. And it's like, you can end up in some spots here where if you end up more than 18 QBs taken, maybe more than 16 QBs taken, it does start to get a little bit weird for some of those draft boards with just the other positional players coming down as a result. Yeah, and I the other part of that dynamic that is tough, and I think I mentioned this on Ship Chasing too, is not only when you pick at the very end of the round are you missing out on the elite tier, but you also are more liable to miss out on a huge run. It's really hard to predict what's going to happen over a 23-pick span. Like, you can kind of push it when you're, say, at pick six or seven, and if you want to gamble a little bit that the a couple quarterbacks will come back, I mean, that's just a much easier bet to make than being like, I'm just going to hope that the room doesn't go crazy and 23 picks later, all of the quarterbacks are gone. All right, we got to talk about old school breaks, Steve, in a second, but I'm on the clock here. Uh, let's see where I can go. Oh, it seems like a guy that Pete would love to have fall to him with Calvin Ridley. Um, got Bryce Young, Jordan Love. I already missed out on no the- running backs. No running backs. Zero RB um, for Spags, the tale is old this time. You know what? Let's go. I'm going to reach for a guy that I still like a lot as a rookie. CJ Stroud. I've talked a lot about love him as a pocket passer. I think he's going to end up in a good situation in Carolina as the number one overall pick and a guy that's got some weapons around him, veteran weapons as well. So I'll take Stroud, but yeah. So old school breaks taking Miles Sanders here. He's now reaching for guys like this team does not make a lot of sense. God damn it. Egg white. You couldn't let me have my, my Calvin Ridley stack. Nope. Come on. Uh, I was going to let you have it too. And we're, and we're the ones with a versus overlay and it's not you yeah. and egg white. Um, let's see. There's some fun stuff I can do here. This is a very unusual thing where there's actually some quarterbacks, decent quarterbacks available mm-hmm. here. So I am for sure going to take Bryce young. Um, I don't necessarily feel like there's a huge opportunity cost to passing on any of these wide receivers. Um, or running backs in this range. I do like Kittle, but there's still so many tight ends. I think what I'm going to do is just lock up my stack, um, Stafford to cup, and be done at quarterback. Oh, look, Pete, Egg White's in the room. You took his Olave stack, so that's the issue. Oh, wow. So, Egg White, I just want you to – I'm going to look at your team right now, Egg White. Um, Lamar, Derek – okay. You did need a wide receiver, and I do think uh, Ridley's better than Hopkins. Um, But I need to know, did you make that pick out of pure spite 
or was Calvin Ridley actually number one on your proverbial big board uh, at the time? I need to know, Egg White, how much we're battling and how much I hate you right now. I'm just glad to see a new name in here who also doesn't have a badge. So we are theoretically getting some new people in because uh, Ross pointed out earlier, everybody in the draft's got a badge besides a few, uh, few guys. So I'm glad to get the mix in. Um, I'm on the clock. I do think out of this grouping here, Mike Williams, Jerry, Judy, I'm pretty close, but I, I do prefer Williams. So I'm going to go Williams here. And we are not DeAndre Hopkins guys. We've talked a lot about in the show. So my three receivers, Chase Metcalf and Williams. I don't mind it. Along with Travis Kelsey. I like the pass catchers here. Uh, love, love your pass catchers. Love your tight ends. Worried about your running backs. Well, people aren't used to me seeing going zero RB lately because of the way the ADPs have shaken out. I've been taking more running backs, but never forget, uh, Pete might've started the movement along with Pat and Gretch and all those guys with chip chasing. I am here though. All last summer was not taking any running backs. And now, you know, now sometimes we'll spice it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think like the zero RB stuff, in Superflex is interesting, right? Because um, on the one hand, you need to devote, you know, extra picks to to quarterback in this format. So like, you're going to have to sacrifice one position. So might as well have it be one of the most volatile. On the other hand, because the scoring settings uh, have leveled the playing field for how many running backs you can start versus wide receivers, there's not quite as big of an edge in like the zero RB in the way we get it in the traditional. Um, but I still think zero RB is completely viable in this. I just don't think it supercharges your team quite as much because we don't have that extra wide receiver that we can sneak into our lineup. Yeah. I think if I had taken Eckler though, Eckler with the contract stuff, which was written up at pretty good length in the fantasy life newsletter, just how unhappy Eckler is. And now um, really aggressive word choices by Eckler as well about how he's been treated by the team. If I take it a running back over Kelsey, I think this team would be in a really good spot. Uh, but because I took Kelsey now, like I'll get some okay running backs. I'm sure it's still like you get running backs late. Uh, but Kelsey's the one thing that stands out to me is like could have been a little better if I went running back there. Did you get a chance to read uh, Leone's big piece on ETR about uh, it's going to be like a four part series, but his first part was on like stacking and the benefits of stacking in, in tournaments. Did you get to no, check that out? Yeah. Yeah, you check that out. He's doing a big deep dive on it and had some pretty interesting findings as far as uh, he did, uh, you know, confirm a lot of the stuff about how important like the stacking and game stacking is in the single week scenarios um, in the playoffs, but then also found some interesting stuff about uh, kind of backing up Osimo's research too about how the three quarterbacks and the biggest benefit of it is that it allows you to get in an extra stack during the playoff weeks. Um, the data also shows that it, this is in for traditional, obviously not super flex that like taking more than three quarterbacks ever is just like an absolute disaster. Like even if you're, you're punting it, like the data is not very favorable to that. So I highly recommend people checking it out. I believe it's free. I don't think it's behind the ETR paywall. Um, but if you guys drafted that, I retweeted it the other day and included a link in the newsletter today, but, um, definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, the stacking, I think, is still undervalued. I know there was some spike week ownership out there that showed people are maybe not stacking as much. Um, and obviously, ownership projections are always tough to kind of figure it out, even in best ball. Um, but definitely, you know, some interesting things out there that you got to remind yourself of the core principles, which are still stacking and trying to get your guys. Um, okay, I got Lockett here. I guess I just have to take him, even though I'm not like Lockett. Double it up, baby. Stack oh. that up. He's he's getting old, Pete. I don't know if a little guy getting old and like, have you seen him without his helmet in the last couple of seasons? Because he is... He's like bald, legit bald. Like he's not like, I'm a cool black guy shaved my head. He's like, he's bald, like previous QBs, like Hasselbeck bald. So I just want to be clear. You're, 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 uh, 
nervous about drafting Tyler Lockett because he doesn't have the uh, cool guy I'm bald look, and it's more <laughs> the I'm just old and bald look. Okay, got yeah, it. Yes, it bothers. I don't like. I want him to have those follicles thriving. I have not seen a lot of men aging early who are still dominant in their athletic. I guess you know LeBron has a hairline, but he still has the hair. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see here. Um, I am. I'm definitely taking Damian Pierce. Uh, Over Bobby. I want it, n- another running back. He pairs with my uh, my Bryce Young Houston uh, bet I'm making here. Now I'm kind of torn. I guess I'm just going to take Goddard. Um, I think in a perfect world, I would have maybe just stacked up Lawrence with Ingram, um, but I'm not taking Ingram over Dallas Goddard when Goddard's on the board. Yeah, Goddard, I think, relative to the EPA stats, is the best tight end in the draft. Um, he's actually like, he had like almost a 0.5 EPA last year, um, which is like incredibly good. Obviously the Eagles were super efficient as an offense. So it kind of makes sense. But I think there's a world too, where like, let's say, you know, AJ Brown goes down for a stretch of games or Devonta Smith goes down for a stretch of games. Goddard could actually put like Kelsey numbers up. It's just a matter of the fact that he's not like game to game getting that upside because they just don't need it. Okay, Ben says, what did I do to you? Look at this. Ben, you did this to yourself. You took George Kittle. There was no reason if you were planning on taking Dallas Goddard. If you don't take George Kittle, do you know who gets pushed down to me instead of Goddard? Kyle Pitts. Then the Kyle Pitts drafter takes George Kittle. I take Kyle Pitts. And then maybe, just maybe, Dallas Goddard falls to you. You did this to yourself, Ben. All right, my first uh, running back off the board could be Isaiah Pacheco because I think I can corner a market on Kansas City touchdowns here with Kelsey and Pacheco. And um, that's one that oh, I assume a lot of people have them stacked up with Mahomes. But here I am with Geno Smith and CJ Stroud getting different. Uh, can I uh, just a complete non sequitur here, Spags? I just want to appreciate uh, you have like the big, like big Donna Kelsey energy with your outfit this morning. The Eagles and Chiefs, you got underdog and DraftKings, uh, paraphernalia going. Uh, I'm digging it. <laughs> this is where we are in the laundry cycle was I, I usually wear my non-branded shirts first. Then when I run out, I go to the branded shirts and it's, it's a draft Kings day. But if you look closely, it just says draft, like what people can see on the screen. So they just assume I'm like really enthusiastic about drafting. Yeah. What does that crowd mean? What, what could that crowd possibly King of mean? drafts. <laughs> yes. The King of drafts. Uh, I am surprised bags that you haven't come up with your own uh, little nickname like that. Call me Chris, the King of drafts bags. Well, people, uh, for that period where I was doing some of the solo streams after the Best Ball Mania 3 Week 17 cancellation stuff, uh, I think it was our guy Dustin was like that I should call myself the people's champ. And it's like, that'd be great if it were like Fantasy Flock who wanted or somebody. It's like I could like rally against them. I can't call myself the people's chat when everybody unequivocally loves Pat Moore. Like that just feels inaccurate. Um, yeah, I, I, you'd have to you'd have to go more like villainous heel with it. Which, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I've done that in the past. And I could tell you, Pete, you play a character for, let's say a one-on-one game at a, uh, that live stream to 50,000 people. People then take that very seriously. I think that's who you are. And now they're just doing a bit. <laughs> FF Doom says draft dog. That's actually like kind of a cool name. I like that. You're such a draft dog. Or that could be our new startup company, Pete. <laughs> How about eats with your shares of underdog? Spags, do you want to make a children's book? Um, called uh draft dog and the value hound and it's uh just a, a really coming of age story between two uh best friends uh who become best ball drafters that is one of those things pete that we talked about before that i think is one of the best ideas we ever had that died on the vine it was the idea of doing like a children's book with maybe some nft component which i guess would not have aged well at this point but the children's book part i think would be good just based on the children's book we read there's one that we have for luca that's called like elmo goes to the zoo or whatever and uh-huh. it's like 
it's six pages and it's like, hey, here's some cute drawings of animals. Like, which one do you like the most? And that's the book. Yeah. Like, they're children's books. Boy, if you get in that industry, get in there now because you can make a lot of money just selling dumb shit to kids. The uh, the one April enjoys right now is more uh, – She someone just got her one and it's, like, textured. So you can, like, put your hands on it and feel like these are the bumps on a snail or whatever. Uh, she digs that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have one of those, too, where it's, like, little fur patches for different kinds of animals. It's, like, oh, it's, like, touching a dog, like, touching a lion, touching a, an elephant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I took Zach Charbonnet, by the way. That was a close one because I do think Rashad, uh, Rashad Penny looks pretty good there. But Charbonnet, I, I don't know. Penny, I still like a lot, Pete, in traditional drafts. I just worry that he's now steamed up enough and, like, there's still a chance that, like, he doesn't recover all the way. I still want to take him, but I think Charbonnet's role is a little bit more locked in just because of the draft capital. Yeah. Um, I will go ahead. This is this is the range where I don't mind um, kicking the tires on Javante. Uh, I will do that. And then I've started early on. I was taking Gabe Davis over Jahan Dawson in the uh, traditional bill, uh, billboard, big board. Uh, but I am going to grab Dotson. I'm trying to kind of balance out that exposure a little bit now. I like Dotson. If you're going to assume Washington's offense is a little bit better, like I think he and McLaurin are both a little bit undervalued because it's going to get better, whether it's Howell out there or it's uh, going to be Jacoby Brissett. So, or a rookie. I think they've been linked to Hendon Hooker a little bit recently in some of the mock drafts. Um, so it's going to get better for Washington, I think, soon. I think Dotson probably undervalued. He actually showed some spike weeks last week, like legit. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's just a very, very simple uh, heuristic. But I always want to be, if there's a year one rookie that has decent draft capital that flashes in some way, whether big plays, whether efficiency, ability to earn targets, I want to be targeting those guys in year two. Um, all the way down to the guys like Alec Pierce. I actually heard JJ was on the pod with uh, Leone the other day and was hyping up Alec Pierce as being pretty undervalued based on what he had done too. So love the second year leap potential. All right, I've got four receivers, two running backs, one tight end, two QBs. Don't really love these remaining QBs, though. They are at least guys. Um, you know what? I am going to take Mac Jones here. I don't, I don't love Mac Jones, but I feel like I could stack him up late. And I do think that it's worth having a third QB, especially in super flex. And if what Pete's talking about with the Oni's research, three QBs being valuable in regular drafts, I have to assume you have to have three then in super flex, just based on kind of the same logic. Yeah. So let me see your team so far. I have Geno Smith, CJ, Mac Jones, Pacheco, Charbonnet, um, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, and Travis Kelsey. I feel like this is a solid team. QB is a little weak. I'll admit that. Yeah, I mean, we'll ultimately we'll let the people decide who won this draft. Uh, for me so far, Trevor Lawrence, Bryce Young, Matthew Stafford, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Javante Williams, wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, tight end, Dallas Goddard. Good, lu- good luck at the polls, Chris. Good luck. <laughs> Look, I can go down 3-1. Of course, that happened to LeBron once in a blue moon ago, and then, you know, he came back, won all seven. So that's what happens at the end of the day. Ross asking, how would you incorporate the bonk meme in this Washplay <laughs> Children's book? I think it would be like, oh, like, I smell a pie, and Pete has to, like, rope me back in from smelling the pie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get, did uh, I Someone, I'm trying to think, what would be, what's a good, like, double entendre for, for, bonk, for bonk that's in a fun... Uh, well, you could I mean, still have a kid hitting another kid with like a stick. It could just be, it just can't be over like that's so our horny. children's book. It's encouraging kid on kid stick violence. Well, like cartoonish. Like a cartoonish, like, oh, and then I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess that's, that's fine. Not like I'm concussed and bleeding from the head and it's dubbed a hate crime. Like, no, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that should be part of the book. Unless you really want to get outside the box with your book. I mean, that's. Yeah. All right. 
Hey, uh, I'm thinking maybe the kid goes to the arcade and he's playing a whack-a-mole game and he's every time it's bonk, 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 but it's it's spags is like horny little head popping out from the whack-a-mole game and the little kid is bonk. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, there's like there's angles there. I think we could figure out especially there's if we have a workshop or writer staff, you know, we got it all. Yeah. Well, Spags, once you're once you're done, you know, paying all the devs to spin up the Probably app, um, then we can mm -hmm. devote those resources towards an artist to uh, illustrate our draft dog and value hound bonk book. Speaking of Pete, so probably you know we're really close right now. We got all the tech stuff aligned. It's lots to be you know like there's dev and production environments, all that stuff. So we're really close. Did you know that South America shuts down two days before Easter because they're that Catholic that they have to celebrate the Thursday and the Friday before? Easter? Is this your way of telling me your devs are based in South America? Yes, they are. They are based in the Colombia and Brazil regions. But uh, my right. CTO is an American who's one of my best friends and based in Atlanta. Where, where did you find uh, the devs? Uh, through one of our advisors who runs this, uh, the largest Latin American sports book called, uh, I think they changed their name recently. It was, I think it's Play Green now, but it was Green Run. Uh, but this is a team mm. that he's used for his stuff. So that was how I got put on. Um, gotcha. I am on the clock though. And running backs would make sense, but I cannot resist Quentin Johnson. A 121 ADP on Superflex. Still think he is the best outside receiver. Really the only big outside receiver that was going to go with high draft capital. So Quentin Johnson is going to be my guy. And maybe Pete, he'll be a Patriot and Mac Jones will have a natural stack partner. I wasn't even aware of. I know. I saw someone in the chat mentioned uh, that Mac was going to be great on Washington. Are you buying this, this Bill Belichick shit about shopping him around or not being committed to Mac Jones? I, I think it's kind of bullshit. I I think it's kind of bullshit too. I think they've invested enough, and unless like Bill O'Brien comes in and is like he's really bad, like then maybe. But I think it's just kind of hot stove, especially New England. They just love talking about that shit. Um, I'm gonna be done at tight end. I'm gonna grab Dalton Schultz, and I'm gonna assume Bryce Young to Dalton Schultz is a stack. And then I was uh, kind of excited if Quentin Johnson slid. I should have known he wasn't gonna get past you. But I'm going to take uh, a rookie who might even get drafted ahead of him. A lot of steam these days on Zay Flowers right now being a first round pick some some people connecting him to the patriots uh as well if he has first round draft capital i feel pretty good about this price at 133 yeah he's fast i mean i get it i, I think the numbers did not impress me in college especially when you are considering that he went to bc and it's like did you didn't dominate at bc i don't know how you dominate the nfl level but it all takes good qb play and getting him in the right spot and getting him schemed um i'm on the clock though and i think you know, AJ Dillon had some good weeks for me last year, but I did pass on Rashad Penny earlier. So I'm going to reach for Gainwell a little bit because I'd rather have a share of the Eagles. And um, I think Green Bay is going to be decent, but I do think that to me, Gainwell's got a better shot at having real upside. <laughs> Ross says, I feel like Zay Flowers' name is more impressive than his ability. It is a very good name. It's it's close to, uh, to Sky Moore is one of the sickest fucking names I've ever heard. It sounds like a created player name, but like one that you'd be like, oh, I got to trade up and like Madden or NBA, like really any format of a video game you could think of. And I, I, I'm on board with Zay Flowers name wise. I just think a little guy who didn't play well outside, like, I don't know. I think people are buying in on something they're not really aware of how underwhelming it was in college. Just think of all the shitty Rick Riley-esque puns we're going to get about Zay Flowers when he starts to emerge. Zay Flowers is wink, wink, blossoming before our eyes. <laughs> oh, I'd love to get a sniff of that. Zay. Oh, <laughs> Historical anomalies, it's already on it. April showers bring Zay flowers. Here we go. 
<laughs> that actually would be the headline for whatever team take them, like their local paper. That's absolutely the headline. Do you know, Spag, I mean, I know you were uh, around on the internet during this time, but I don't think ever anything could ever top the Jeremy Lin era for oh. a sports-related pun names. I mean, it was everywhere. Like, the entire event was branded as Lin Sanity, but there was a Jeremy Lin pun just, like, nonstop for six months. Well, then there was also, like, the bad ones. Like, uh, one of the New York papers had the the slurry phrase that you're not supposed to say anymore for him when he had a bad game. And it's like, there was too much of that. But people, like, were, that was a lot of fun. There was a documentary about it that I think people have uh, said they like a lot. I'm not enough of a Knicks fan to care. That was, like, a special <laughs> moment in time, too, where it felt like anybody could come in and have a great run in the NBA. Yeah. It was awesome and racist. Yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. Definitely would not have the same memes out there in 2023. Um, if you, there were, there'd be a lot of hashtags going around that would not be positive. <laughs> Flowers blooms in a season debut. Just writes itself. It really does. Whereas Quentin Johnson, what does he have? Uh, probably another cue tag for Quentin Johnson's. <laughs> I'll tell you what Quentin Johnson has. He has a T in his last name that I always forget. <laughs> It is unnecessary. Like, it does feel <laughs> like that's not the common name, and I don't appreciate it, but he's a special enough player, so that's that's the kind of star power, getting that extra T in your last name. I forget what it, it was. either a video script or an article that I was doing for Fantasy Life, and I realized I had writ, I wrote his name out like four times without the T. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you got to go back. Got to have the autocorrect on the last name Johnson, only when used with Quentin. Yeah. Uh, interesting. All right. So the draft, I feel like now uh, Ben saying, of course, he's in the two hole here. This is the most consolidated bet I've made on Denver in my life. He's got Sutton. He's got Pirine. He's got Greg Dulcich. He's got Russell Wilson. He's got Jerry Judy. He's got the whole Denver stack. So if Denver does have a good year uh, with Sean Payton's leadership, uh, it does seem like our guy Ben's going to benefit. Ben's doing playing. the equivalent of, uh, you know, uh, he missed out on Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith. Um, his wife just left him, and he's headed to the bar, and now he's hooking up with the Denver Broncos. I mean, talk about a, a downgrade here. All right. I have Jeff Wilson, Jalen Hyatt. Both look pretty good to me as picks. I'm going to go Jeff Wilson just to run out my running back room. Can, can, Casey, can I ask why you're taking Zay Jones along with Christian Kirk completely unstacked? You're not – No one. no one will let me get – a Jacksonville stack too hot of a commodity. This is ridiculous. People I was already setting up. I was setting up the the Zay Jones or the double Zay team with Zay Jones, Zay Flowers. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Tyler yawning, saying, "God, this is early for a Friday." This was our usual time in season, but I think we'll be back at 12 p.m. next week. It was just a matter of scheduling for this week. Uh, mm. But yeah, we'll we'll try to keep it the usual 12, but 10 a.m. Sometimes you got to gotta keep you guys on your toes out there. We move the times around a little bit. You'll always know, of course, if you are subscribed to Splash Play, which I have not done yet. Uh, but Pete's on the clock here taking Jalen Hyatt and who else? Yeah, I'm debating here. Man, I, I hate this tier. Um, I guess I will grab. Let's see. Are there any other considerations I should make? Um, hmm. Let's take uh, let's take my guy, A-Chain. Oh, is he your guy? Has he been upgraded to your guy status? I mean, when you look at my exposures in the big board, he is um, definitely one of my guys. I uh, have a lot of A-chain. All right. Roshan goes to, which interesting that these guys are this close in this draft, because I think I would put Roshan ahead of A-chain, but A-chain does have the outlier speed that could get him better draft capital. Um, I'm on the clock, though. 
And I guess it is time to grab one of these potential CJ Stroud pass game targets with him. Pete, you know him, you love him. He's Adam Thielen. Welcome to the squad. Wow. Wow. Why take Adam Thielen when you can get LaVisca Chanel six rounds later? That's true. Anytime you get a wide receiver five, you got to do it. I mean, anytime you can take the wide receiver six instead, you got to do it. Adam Thielen's going to get his reps. They wanted his veteran presence there. He's going to be out there. Whether he's going to be efficient or not, I don't know. But he'll be out there getting some bullshit touchdowns. So that's, you, you know that's how it's going to go. Dude, I'm so... There was literally every round of the draft when I take Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, hmm, maybe a small chance Travis Etienne comes back. No. Okay. Calvin Ridley, definitely going to come back. No. All right. Christian Kirk, this is the one that comes back to me. No. All right. Evan Ingram, easy. No one likes tight ends. No. Zay Jones, the guy no one should have any interest in. Casey fucking takes Zay Jones. I mean, now what am I going to do? Take Jamal Swagnew with my last pick? Yes. Yes, I probably am. Well, good news, Pete. If you subscribe to Splash Play, you'll see a lot more drafts where sometimes Pete will actually get the guys that he wants when uh, drafting Trevor Lawrence, perhaps a little bit too early. Either way, though, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, leave a comment down below. We'll be continue to be drafting all offseason long. Pete and I will be here, of course, and we're going to ramp up as we go. So please hang out with us here. And draft season is coming up fast. So we'll actually know some locations for these guys, and we will have some real big tournaments coming up on Underdog soon. So, so two weeks left, three weeks left of the draft. Man, that feels yeah, I feel time has not flown. Yeah, I think it's what three weeks from last night is yep. the is the opening night. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like it's been so long since we've known. Like, I think because I did my rookie prep a little bit early. Like, it feels like I've known these guys for too long now, and I just want to see like where the end date is. But it also just been so quiet the last few weeks. Like, you've had the pro days and stuff, but it just feels like everything's been kind of locked in, and I haven't seen a ton of movement besides maybe the the Stroud more likely to go number one stuff. Yeah, and we're also at the point too where you have to be. I'm, I, I, I'm sure there's some signal. There are some, you know, reporters and insiders who are well sourced. But for the most part, these teams do not have much incentive to actually tip their head what they're going to do. I mean, even the stuff with like the Patriots saying that they're interested in Bijan. I mean, what are you doing there other than creating FOMO for the teams that actually want Bijan? Thinking about you know draft, you, you know, potentially moving up and then pushing down a better player. So like. All of the uh, the smoke and mirror games is what we're in the middle of right now. And some of that, too, could be the Patriots posturing so somebody will trade to their spot to try to get them there. And right. like, you know, I, I, It would be funny, though, if the Patriots suck Bijan. Like, let, that would be unequivocally hilarious, especially for everybody who's been drafting Ramondre in the second, third round. Jesus. I yeah, have not I, mean, that, it, so I would not be affected. If if Belichick does that, I mean, he truly has lost his mind. He, he should... Bobby Kraft should fire him on the spot if he drafts Bijan. That's that's how you know that the old man has gone senile if he takes Bijan Robinson in the first round. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable way to look at it. All right, I'm on the clock here. I've got a three, four, six. I still, man, there's a lot of guys I like in this range with Alec Pierce. I don't mind Josh Palmer, but he doesn't make the most sense for me. Rashid Shahid. But I think Devin Singletary is the most undervalued. We saw where Pete took Damian Pierce. I think these guys are going to be in a timeshare with a shot for Singletary to seize more of the workload. So I'll take Singletary here. Um, I was shocked that you didn't take your guy, Alec Pierce. Um, but I see you need, uh, you need running back. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. I think I've, I mean, I'm not good at receiver, but I feel a little bit more sturdy there. And I don't know, like Singletary is too good of a value. If, if Miles Sanders is going so high and then, you know, I think there's slightly less high, but still pretty high Deonta Foreman. And then uh, there's one other running back I'm forgetting, uh, Rashad Penny too. Same thing. Like Singletary shouldn't be 177 in a super flex. Yeah. 
I don't like this pocket for running backs. I guess I could take Kareem Hunt, but I am going to double tap wide receivers. I am going to take Alec Pierce, and I'm also going to continue to hope Bryce Young is on the Texans and get Nico Collins. Yeah, I think that's fair. Oh, here, Ryan with my, my take too. Singletary might outscore Pierce. I agree. The one thing people undervalue, including us, I think last year, new coaches coming in, they have preferences for guys that they meet for the first times or guys that they sign themselves in the offseason. So I think it's impossible. It's like a very much a possibility that Damian Pierce just kind of falls out of favor. And it sucks, but like he didn't do anything that outlandish last year besides just get a ton of carries. Uh, yeah, you guys are putting me in a tough spot because I'm forever higher than the market on Devin Singletary to the point I was even going to consider taking both of them in this draft, even though that's a no, no. Um, so you're not going to catch me saying much bad about Devin Singletary, um, because I think people underrate his skill set, but I do still feel, uh, pretty strongly that Damian Pierce is uh, going to outscore him. So this is a tough one because this signing is one we actually haven't hit on, but could matter. Irv Smith going to Cincinnati. Mm. Um, if he's going to get that role and it's possible they draft a rookie, I think it's worth taking some flyers on Irv Smith now. You can see his ADPs come up to 185 in this draft. Uh, probably won't be as high when the new big boards and whatever, or the new drafts come out after the draft season because um, basically like the ADP is going to reflect before. But uh, Pete, I didn't have a single share of Irv Smith in the regular big board. I got to get some now because I think he could end up with that Hayden Hurst role. And if he does, he's way undervalued. I think he's like, you know, one of the fun things when you take Travis Kelsey is you can really YOLO your second tight end pick. Same when you take Jalen Hurts, right? Like the Anthony Richardsons and the Trey Lance pair really well with that. Cause you're basically saying like, who has like a crazy high ceiling that they could actually sneak into my lineup over this round one, round two stud I drafted. And I do think the Irv Smith mystery box, um, he's probably, he's more talented, I think, than Hayden Hurst, and we know that the tight end and the third option can produce in that offense. So, yeah, I, I think the um, the risk-reward is definitely there, although he has gotten a little pricey. Like, even in some of my slow drafts, I was still able to kind of, like, snipe him at the end of the drafts just because the ADP hadn't fully settled. So you did have, like, the free agency, like, clock watchers who were, like, grabbing him early, but he would sometimes slip through the clacks, cr cracks just because he wasn't front of mind in the ADP queue. Yeah, I agree. So uh, Vaporware is saying Irv Smith ain't good. Check out his RAS. RAS isn't everything. And I think that's something the underdog guys did a good job of spelling where like average players have had great NFL careers in RAS and like even some below average athletic guys have. It's still more about the production and Irv Smith wasn't good last year. I just would hope that he rises with the tie to Cincinnati. And I, my, one of my long held takes this entire offseason so far, which is might not sound long to you, but it's been going on since we've been doing some of this content since January. Um, I think that whoever lands in that Cincinnati tight end spot is going to be good because Hayden Hurst was good and he was just kind of an average tight end getting that spot. So I'm willing to take stabs on anybody. Like if Dalton Kincaid goes there again, I think he's a top 75 to 100 pick just because that's how good that offense is. One thing I've been thinking about with the tight ends, um, I still think they're good picks, um, but I don't know. Um, like right now, like I think they're good picks at the, the end of the draft. I think some of the steam on them not acknowledging that there is going to be kind of like a wide range of outcomes where all of these guys go, the mayor, the Kincaid, the Darnell Washington. I think there's like a pretty big band in their their spot in the draft capital used, I think really is going to have a big factor on how much they can contribute. And I'm, I'm trying to land the plane on this thought. I don't think that even once we have the landing spots, even the ones in the good spots are going to move up that much. And so I, ha I have like pumped the brakes a little bit chasing these guys up in ADP range. And I'm happy to take like the Sam Laportas who are super cheap still, but I have had like a little pause lately on like Mayer and Kincaid. 
Well, Kincaid is now the minus money favorite to be the top 10 and off the board. So I think, which is crazy good. because he's the one guy that like, we don't have any measurables on from, from doing the combines. Cause I think that's because he had a promise already. I think somebody already said, we're taking you at the spot. So he pulled back would be my mm-hmm. thought. And I think that's what the markets are reading, but I don't know. Taekwon Thornton's here. Um, I don't love him, but I do have Mac Jones and somebody's got to stack with him. So that'll be him. But yeah, with the, with his rookie tight ends though, I would say, I mean, I still think four go in the first round, and I think Kincaid. Four? I think you Kincaid, think four tight ends go in the first round? I think so. Um, I'd because, take the under on that. It's more like like if you were to set the line, it's probably two and a half because it's Kincaid, it's Mayer, and then maybe one of Musgrave or uh, Washington. I guess yeah, that's probably the only two who can get there. But I like I think those four deserve first round capital. If it's not first round, it's going to be they go early in the second. But like Kincaid is safe. I think Mayer is safe to be in the first round. So those guys, I would have no issue, even if they are getting a little bit steamed up. And you took Michael Carter and Zach Evans. So you're just now getting some running back lottery tickets. Yeah. I think I think the a fair line, and I, I someone tell me what it is on on a sports book. My guess is a fair line would be uh two and a half tight ends round one. And then it sounds like yeah. you would be slamming the over on that. I, I would be, yeah, because I think you can't look at what Washington did during that combine, and some team's gonna fall in love with that. Um, kind of the same thing for um, Kincaid's pass game work, Mayor being all around. Uh, all right, we're on the clock here. I haven't taken a lot of Marvin Mims because I do think he's too steamed up or was too steamed up in the regular big board, but I'm going to get a Mims share here because I've liked him a lot and I just didn't spam him early like some other guys. I have a shit ton of Mims. I, I Mims, um, Hyatt, and uh, Tillman, actually, um, I think are some of my three highest drafted in the uh, the OG billboard. Why do I keep saying billboard, big board? <laughs> uh, you just got music on your brain. Neil saying yeah. set at 2.5 juice towards the under for the tight ends. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I get it. I, cause I think that's, again, that's Kincaid and mayor. I would take the shot that one more falls in there just because of how we've seen the rise of tight end prominence recently. Like NFL teams, I'll say it again. They're all copycats. So you see who made the two, the Super Bowl last year. It's Dallas Goddard. It's Travis Kelsey, who was in that final four. Also great tight ends. Um, so I think teams will see that and they'll pay the price, but. Um, I do I think, think um, Washington than Musgrave. I think Washington is obvious is the hinge point for this, right? Um, I, I do think Mayer and Kincaid will be round one picks, and then Washington. Um, you know, I saw Anthony Amico did his uh, updated mock, and Amico's really plugged in with this stuff. And he had, I believe, what are the Packers pick fourteen or fifteen? He had um, Darnell Washington going to them, and so. Darnell Washington is one of those guys where you could just see a team absolutely falling in love with him. Um, or you could see him being a guy that slips to the second round. So he's really the one that I think will swing that two and a half. But if, uh, you know, Neil's saying it's over two and a half at plus 220, um, if I th- if we think that's an efficient line, I definitely like the plus 220 side. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think, too, Kincaid is another guy who's been linked to the Packers about him maybe being the guy who who could have a promise, potentially. Um, and the promises are more common in the NBA because NFL teams like having the fungibility to move around. But it's just too odd that Kincaid hasn't, like, didn't do anything testing-wise. Like, I think yeah. with how he produced in college, like, those things do happen. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, though. I, I still think I would take the over on that one, especially at plus 220. Like, I don't know what book he's talking about, but if that's one of the big books, I would take that bet. Yeah. Um do you know what it's sad? I have not taken advantage. I have not gone around and done my bonus hunting yet with mm. sports betting legal in mass. I really need to get going on that because there should be some good stuff for the uh, the NFL draft that I could take advantage of. The draft is tough because different states have rules where like you might, I don't like, I don't know what Massachusetts does, but like sometimes you can't bet on the NFL draft because you can't bet on like 
things that aren't game related outcomes. I don't, I don't, I think Massachusetts has most of the stuff, but you got to check into that stuff. But yeah, promo hunting, you should do. Cause I, I got fucked in that. If you're on DraftKings and FanDuel, like they don't give you anything for the sports books. So that's the downer. If you've been playing. DC. Oh, if you already have any, they won't No, See my, uh, I did trust me. Uh, Gabby from DraftKings has been hounding me. Oh. So she's giving me something. I just, I, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. There aren't like posted specials, but your, your VIP rep for DraftKings will give you something like pretty much anytime you deposit a sports book, they'll give you some money back. Yeah. I don't know. Sports betting, you know, uh, it could be easy. If only there were a product out <laughs> that I could promote right now, but get on the wait list, probably app.com. So you can get emails from me every week until we finally have a product. Um, and it's you know, the emails. I've actually had some really good takes in the email. Pete, I know you're reading it a while back when I don't expect you to read every week, but I've really learned the nuances of all these betting markets just from writing an email every day since yeah. September or every week uh, since September. And uh, it's fun to do that. Like industry leading probabilities, I think are a fun game for like, like we like to do here. Um, I'm looking on the at the clock, some... though. Oh, you're on the uh, clock. Go for it. Yeah. Um, I guess is this James Robinson territory? No. Let's let's take Pierre Strong again. Why not? Done. Pierre Strong on my team, so he'll catch all those Mac Jones passes. Um, I'm looking at the first wide receiver selected market. Uh, JSN minus 210, Zay Flowers plus 325, Quentin Johnson plus 700, Jordan Addison plus 800. I like that Addison at plus 800. It's tough because he didn't put up anything numerically that would make you think he can jump. Um, I think that's a correct reflection on where he's kind of fallen stock-wise. Um, let's see here. Only two more picks. I do want to get, uh, I had starred this guy earlier, have not drafted him a lot. Um, but I'm going to take a flyer on Kyron Williams here with the Rams. Didn't get cam acres. So don't mind making that little bet there. Uh, egg white continues. I was going to take a van Jefferson flyer. Um, I can't bring myself to click Robert Woods. Um, should I just do my bullshit with Cedric Tillman? I don't mind it. I have a lot of tilt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I forget who it was. Was it Lance Zerline? Some, one of the big mock draft guys had, had Cedric Tillman sneaking into the back end of round one in their most latest mock draft, which was, I don't think that's going to happen, but if he did, uh, he's very undervalued as a 20, 20th round pick. See, I, I agree. I think that's why people still are incorrect sleeping on Quentin Johnson. You know why Tillman's up that high? It's because there's nobody who's got a big body outside. And like Tillman's 6'2 or 6'3 and like had one, you know, a good year last year at Tennessee, not the most recent season, uh, but got kind of like bounced by Jalen Hyatt and was also injured this past year. But like he's one of the few big bodied guys. So like he and Quentin Johnson just kind of gain in value because they're not 5'9 pseudo speedsters. Like, I don't know. I, I think that Tillman's a little bit slept on, especially with Mims getting so much steam. Uh, my last pick of the draft here, I have a 3682. I don't think there's any running backs that help me out that much. And I would rather get a third tight end because I want some more stack partners with Matt no, Jones. So Hunter Henry. What? Don't do a third tight end on a Kelsey build. Come on. I want my Kelsey to get through. I don't want him to have a down week in week 15 and I can't get him through to where I need him to be. But I don't I don't like that. Let me let me what's your structure? Let me see your structure. My structure is a three six eight three. Zero RB build. I feel like you need that seventh running back. I don't know. I guess it's fine. I I don't I don't mind playing a little thinner at running back. I mean, honestly, my best teams last year were probably playing a little bit too close to the sun at running back, but getting some good stacks around it. Um, 
I agree. One more running back might be nice. I just don't love any of the guys on the board at this point. Like, when am I going to take Snoop Connor again? Because I don't believe in Dearness Johnson. McBride. Please don't I take see. Snoop Connor anymore. We got to get you out of that bad habit. It's. I'm telling you, who drafted Snoop Connor? Doug Peterson drafted Snoop Connor. Right. I, but I'm telling you, like, he's he's like fourth on the depth chart. But he's not. He's probably second slash third. He's not behind Dearness Johnson. It's you got everybody to stop carrying their their previous boners for Dearness Johnson. Like I think that's one of the biggest mistakes fantasy. The problem is is it's not just Dearness Johnson. Like Jamichael Hasty is going to be the second man up there behind Etn. Yeah, for the pass catching role. But like yeah. they clearly don't want Etn running that like all, as much as he did either. So there's still going to be five to ten carries and contingent value for Etn. And I just don't think it's Dearness Johnson. I think it's Snoop. All right. I'm not going to waste precious moments of my short time on this earth arguing who is the third string two down plotter on the fucking Jags. Well, if you believe in Travis Lawrence, you should care about it because that running back's going to have I don't believe in Travis Lawrence. I believe in Trevor Lawrence by QB1. No, did I say that? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to take. Uh, why did I take Tillman when I should have taken Jamal Swagnew? I should have gotten my uh, my stack. Yeah, you fucked up. As you can see, I have not been spamming Superflex entries that much this week. I've only been doing the ones on stream. Uh, but my final team here, and let's pull them both up. And again, okay, we're going to vote one for me, vote two for P. We're going to switch it up this week. My you think team- that's going to save you? I, I hope so. Vote one if you like Geno Smith, CJ Stroud, and Mac Jones at QB. That's a tough way to start. Isaiah Pacheco, Zach Charbonnet, Kenneth Gainwell, Jeff Wilson, Devin Singletary, and Pierre Strong at running back. The wide receiver, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, Quentin Johnston, Adam Thielen, Tyquan Thornton, and Marvin Mims. And then a tight end, Travis Kelsey, the most elite of tight ends, Irv Smith, and Hunter Henry. That is my team. Vote one for that one. Repeats team. Repeat team. You got Trevor Lawrence, ugh, Bryce Young, <laughs> Matthew Stafford at QB at running back. No Brees editorializing Hall. while you read this. Jesus. Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Javante Williams, Devin A. Chain, Michael Carter, Zach Evans, and Kyron Williams <laughs> running back. At wide receiver, you get Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, Safe Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, Alec Pierce. Nico Collins and Cedric Tillman and then Dallas Goddard and then Dalton Schultz <laughs> it's tight end vote two for that one vote one for mine was that an audition tape to do voiceover for uh draft dog and the value hound when our children's book turns into an animated television series because that's what it sounded like <laughs> uh, see, so here's what happened apparently my reading both teams are pretty bad both your teams suck burn them all down three both these teams are a dumpster fire so uh, if, I'll, if if we're going to grant the chat that, then I am 2-0-1 and, and you are 0-0-1. You lost the first one. Did I? Yeah, you like everybody voted for me and you were sad. Okay, <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. So it's two. All right. So I have two wins, one loss. Oh, wait, we got a two. Have... We got a two. Oh, uh, we got a yeah. Peter Overbet. I'm two, you know. Spags. Pete Overbet, <laughs> a man named Pete Overbet just voted against me yeah that's yeah so we're one and one i forgot yeah you're, that's right i am one but i'll take it pete overbit if pete overbit's voting for me oh we're getting some ones oh now it's another two no ben is ben's just saying that because i sniped him on his dallas goddard <laughs> that's that's an emotional vote well we don't know who won based on the live chat so make sure to comment guys leave a comment down below telling us which team is better of course feel free to ask any questions about super flex as well we appreciate that on there 
Make sure to subscribe to hit the like button. We appreciate it. We're on that March to 2K subs on here, which we are going to hit at some point, uh, hopefully soon. But please subscribe right now. Get in the mix here. We have a lot of fun here on Splashlight talking about football, fantasy football all year round. Uh, Pete, what are the plugs for you coming up here? I think the ship chasing ADP show coming up at an early 11 a.m. as well. Yep, if you want to hop over in five minutes to the Ship Chasing channel, ADP Chasing, they're going to talk some Superflex strategy uh, and ADP, of course. Great show. Recommend that. I have a newsletter out this morning, the PO box. And then I am on uh, Saturday night, 8 p.m., uh, Best Ball After Dark. If you are a YouTube member on my channel or the Ship Chasing channel, uh, I'm going to be getting together with Mike Leone. I referenced he just did a big uh, deep dive into stacking. We'll talk about that. Have a few drinks, maybe draft a team. Um, so you can join us for that if you guys are a YouTube member. It does feel like I eat this one out, by the way. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, appreciate you hanging out here. Follow this show at Splash Play Pod. I'll just keep that chat up. Follow me at Chris Spags. Follow Pete at Peter Overzet. And of course, we'll be back next week. I think we'll try to do a Tuesday show, but uh, keep your eyes peeled there. Of course, subscribe so you'll know whenever we do new content. And we appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out with us. So enjoy your weekends and good luck out there. Bye. Mm -hmm.